0: What's good, everyone? Jared here from Two Brothers in a Mic. It has been a while, but Nate and I are back with a great jam-packed episode today. A lot to talk about. As I said, it's been a while since we've done an episode. We spent a little time talking about social justice, how that's impacted our culture, how that has impacted sports. We also take some time to talk about the question of, will we have a football season? MLS's back tournament, FC Cincinnati recap, and then we will close the episode by our and one moments of the week where we look at ourselves a little bit. Make sure you keep a lot. Great episode coming up here on Two Brothers and a Mike. What's up, everyone? Jared here from Two Brothers and a Mike. Yes, I know it has been a very very long time been a few months since you'd heard from us but we're back we're here little brother nathan here as well what's good man dude we're back man in the new and improved studio i was gonna say before we get started there has been a lot that has happened not only in our culture and sports but also our lives and as you just kind of pointed out this is the First episode for us broadcasting in our new, we're going to say, studios. We're going to start calling it Mackie South. (laughs) We'll just call it Mackie (laughs) South. Live from Mackie South. We have graduated out of the
1: closet. Yes. Oh my goodness, finally. Yes. We were
0: broadcasting our podcast in a closet, all those previous episodes that you have heard. So... We are in a lot better situation right now. We've upgraded to a basement. <laughs> a basement, but with a lot of extra aesthetics that are really pleasing for a studio type atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. So love it. First episode in Mackie South. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call that now. It's, it's broadcasting Mackie South. Live from Mackie South down yeah. here because if you were to see our surroundings, you would agree with why we would call It's it Mackie that. South. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, brother, brother, man, it's been a long time since we've done a podcast, but it's good to be back on here with you, and we have lots to get to. Let's go ahead and get right into it. As we kind of mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of happening in our culture and in sports, and we would be remiss if we did not take at least a moment to talk about those things because not only is it impacting sports, but it's just impacting all of our lives. You know, we've had the coronavirus that's been going on, and now we have the discussions about race relations and social justice. And and that has now come into the sports and players using their platforms to support and promote social justice reform. So let's just go ahead and just talk about a little bit here. So Nathan, let me just ask you in general, what has been your response to all this that has happened, and specifically with George Floyd? That was kind of the incident that just kind of was – Probably the really the last um, the straw that broke the camel's Thank back. The last straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. So let me just ask you, what has been your thoughts on this whole situation
1: with George Floyd and just kind of how our culture now has been greatly impacted by it? Yeah, so it's been really interesting to kind of watch everything that's gone on. And now we've had, you know, it's we've had over a month of really watching and And listening, at least for me, I haven't, like, I haven't gone to social media and spouted my opinions. Uh, I mean, we're talking about it now, but it's been really interesting. I've talked to coworkers that are black and I've had discussions with them because I don't, obviously, I can't relate to really what's going on. So I'm just asking questions. But it's been, it's been really interesting, the timing of everything, in my opinion, And we kind of talked about this uh, probably a couple weeks ago, at this point, a week ago. The coronavirus hits, and everybody's home, and everybody's watching TV, like, you know, no one has anything to do. And then this goes down, and all eyes are on it. There's no denying what you're seeing, like, you're seeing it. You can't run from it. I mean, it's there. The timing of everything, in my opinion, is really, really interesting, and how all that came about. And I also find it really interesting that now, now it's okay for athletes to have this political opinion, right? Now it's accepted when before it, it wasn't. Um, and I can even say I wasn't necessarily 100% okay with what was happening, but I also didn't understand either at the time. I don't think I kind of just bought into the fact that this is disrespectful to the flag and all that. And You're not really specifically no, about the Anthem the, thing. The so Anthem, call, yeah. like Colin yeah. Kaepernick thing. Yeah. But I also was in the the view of he has every right to do that, and people getting really upset about it. You have to look at it from both ends because if you're upset about that, then you should also be upset about Tim Tebow taking his platform and using it the way he does. In my opinion, so I, you can't have one without the other. So I say I'm 100% accept both. I may not agree at the time with uh, Colin Kaepernick, but I mean now, obviously, I think my opinion's kind of changed on that. Uh, Just um, listening and obviously what happened and me just not understanding. But yeah, that's kind of my two cents on the whole thing. Yeah, um,
0: that's good. I think, I believe there's no accidents when it comes to timing, when things seem to come together at certain moments. I don't believe there's any accidents for that. So that's interesting that you kind of take that perspective of we have... Social justice issues. We have. We're living a day where there's cameras. That now we see almost everything. And this very well, if you listen to our black brothers and sisters, like this is something that they have said. They have told us that this is not something new. So now we live in a day in a culture where we have cameras and social media. Everything goes out like fire fast. And you know, we have the coronavirus and. People are in their houses, like you said, and they're taking in all the media because there's nowhere else to go. Top of that, we're in election year and you know, there's all this political stuff. So it's just been an absolute crazy, crazy thing. Um, we know we're two white people here talking about this. So I agree. I think there's been a lot of things that have been good for me coming out of this. I also and now you can Share your thoughts if there's anything that you felt that's good coming out, you know, for us as individuals, or really as a community as large. But one of the things is, I certainly have become a better listener. I think wisdom would say in these situations that we should listen before you speak, and I think for for people like us, that's really important. And to be honest, I don't want to just listen to anyone. I don't want to listen to media. I don't want to listen to politicians. I, I, there's really a specific, I would say maybe group of people that I would, I would listen to when it comes to this. And for me, that would be my black brothers and sisters in Christ. As I, as a professing believer in Christ, those people I would consider family. Okay. So not just anyone on TV. I want to hear kind of what they said because I trust them more because of our shared faith in Christ. And I will say if it wasn't for my black brothers and sisters, you know, those artists who I follow on Twitter and music I listen to and like, if it wasn't for them, I would truly be ignorant probably of all this stuff going on because we don't experience this, right? We, 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 we don't. I will say George Floyd's not the first time that they have been crying out. And so this was kind of the last straw that broke the camel's back, as you said, not only for them, but obviously kind of just kind of anger because like I said, this isn't the first time. I mean, I know brother Kurt Franklin talking about the past. He's at the award ceremonies and, you know, he's talking about when, you know, when, when black boys are killed, we should be saying something. When police officers are killed, we should be saying something and, the church and religious people we weren't saying anything and i think the video you know it really shows i think really in a broader sense just in really and it's that's not the only video you see these other videos that have been coming out it's yeah. just been crazy i mean this, that's not just George. Sort of, that was crazy and it really just it brought like a face brought yeah it brought a visual to what you know has been said for a long time but this you see other crazy videos now of just people and when you're treating and it's just like, you know, it really shows I feel like our kind of our human nature and how it's not that great. <laughs> um, so I think it's been good for me because I think we should be listening. I think wisdom would say to listen uh, before you speak. And I think that's a good that's a good thing for, you know, people like us to, to do. There's a lot of elements um, we can get get in onto this. And we could probably spend, I mean, not probably. We could. We could spend like a whole night, a whole couple episodes talking about this issue. Because I've done a lot of thinking about it. And, you know, there's just so much I feel like we could talk about. So what do you think? Is there been any good things for you? Or do you think as a, that country as a whole has come up so far from this? I know that in a lot of ways, this is still kind of an ongoing you know fight and
1: desire when it comes to you know changes yeah i mean i i think it has i mean you have kind of a new perspective on things i think a little bit just the way you think about a a lot of things i mean no matter where you're going you know I just for me going to work like this brings up a lot like you know i work in you know heavily urban area Mm -hmm. and I mean, I, you, I can't run away from it. It's brought up every day, almost every day at work. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of upset people. Personally, I'm like, man, I wish I like. What I wish, I wish I could do something. Like, I, I think it's terrible that this little girl has lost her father, and you know, and not she's not the only one. Like you said, there's a lot of different cases. The kid that got shot, I forget what state it was. I think his name is Ahmad. Um, I I might got that wrong. I'm not sure, but I mean parents are without a kid you know Mm -hmm. like and it's just absolutely terrible horrible like I couldn't even watch those videos I'm gonna be honest with you I couldn't watch them Mm. um I knew the outcome of them and I couldn't watch them I really couldn't do it but it's it's been eye-opening and like I said I've had a few conversations with people about it just sharing I want to hear their opinions on it about the whole thing everything all of it (laughs) um from the quote-unquote lootings that would happen, yeah, all that. I've just mm-hmm. been really curious to see their opinions on it. Yeah, so yeah, I think for me, I've really
0: interacted. You know, as I said, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, so uh, the the scriptures are really the lens that I try to see life by and worldview. And so it has just been interesting as I've been um, reading in there. There's a lot of wisdom literature, and that's one of the things as I mentioned before, that not only just the listening, the wise listen, but also, you know, God is a God of justice. And he not only commanded, obviously, the kings of the Old Testament, Israel, they were to be just in their rulings. I think about the cross in general, too, how the very moment that the love of God was being poured out on the cross for us as sinners, at the same time justice was happening, justice was not forfeited at the cross. Jesus paid the penalty. That's where that justice happens. So yeah, just to think about how that certainly an element of, of it's part of who God is and he is a God of justice as well as rich and mercy. And so it's just been really, you know, interesting as we're facing this in in, in culture. And another thing that I think it's important to, um, to think about is we talk about pro-life and the pro-life movement. I feel like that definition, cause we assume that to be life of the unborn right? and it's kind of turned into kind of a political term, yeah. the pro-life movement, you know, and, and not important. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm for that. I believe in that, but that we need to kind of clarify the definition. And I appreciate that. How one pastor kind of put it at church that we go to and said, you know, pro life is really from womb to tomb. And so we should be pro-life <laughs> in that whole And that whole thing, you know, and so, so yeah, so it hurts. It hurts when we see, you know, image bearers like George Floyd and like many others, you know, who are killed. And yeah, it's 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 a okay thing to mourn those things and and to desire, you know, change where change is needed. And yeah, it is just it's obviously a very you know big topic. You know, it is not easy to be a police officer in this country not one iota not easy at all and you know when you're just constantly you know in rough spots like it's it's just a tough it's a tough job you know and sure there's a lot of work uh, to be done when it comes to growing from this but i think it is a good thing for us to be considering these types of of issues and you know, it's in sports, how it's impacted the sports world a lot. Cause it's a big platform. You have to understand like in soccer, there's a lot of problems when it comes to racism. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a big problem. Yeah. You know, over there. So, yeah. so yeah, man, it's just been, it's been, been crazy, but I, my hope is that through these trials and through these, you know, hard moments, we will be able to grow. And I hope, as individuals, you know we will be able to grow into listening better to loving others better because that's one place to start. Any other words on that front from you, my man?
1: No, I don't think I got anything else.
0: yeah, it's a we could talk about it for like all night. There's so much kind of stuff in my head that I feel like I'm struggling trying to organize <laughs> yeah. in this like if we had a table talk conversation, I'm sure. You know, if we just take one, if we could probably just do one episode on this and just have like a mic and have multiple people around, and I'm sure we would have an amazing conversations Uh, because we kind of had that, like, you know, you know, we had a friend of ours come over for vacation and, you know, we were just kind of having a real talk in the car and just naturally, you know, you know, really good topics started coming out. And so there's a lot, there's a lot, but it is good to have those conversations. And I kind of brought this up earlier, just in regards to, you know, mask and that whole debate and how we naturally do not really consider others. Like we don't put ourselves in other people's shoes very well naturally. And so until something kind of happens to us, then it, you know, that kind of becomes a reality. So if a COVID hits you personally, that becomes real. But if it doesn't, you might think it's real, but it doesn't affect you. So you're just kind of doing your normal life unless you really try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes We don't do that naturally really well. So I think it's brought out, yeah, yeah, it's brought out some colors, you know, true colors, I think, of a lot of people. Um, But, you know, that's really why we need the Lord's grace and mercy to change our hearts because a lot of this issue is heart issues. And you can't really legislate sin out of hearts. Um, Only God can renew renew our hearts. So, so yeah, man, it's just it was just a lot. Like I said, it's a lot of really good things. It's a good thing to have a discussion, a civil discussion about. And I'm sure we'll have more as the time goes on. All right, on the next segment here, we're gonna talk some sports. They're starting to start up again. Got some question marks on the football season coming up. COVID still you know rearing its ugly head. MLS is back, tournament has already begun. FC Cincinnati played their first game. So we're going to talk a little sports, MLS, and talk in general. Are we going to have a football season? Are we going to be able to see Purdue football play? Big Ten already announced some news previously. So we're going to talk a little bit coming up in this next section on some sports. You're listening to Two Brothers and a Mike. Keep it locked. We're back on Two Brothers and a Mike. Nathan here with me. We're talking about... COVID-19, as it's still with us, and sports. Before we get into talk about some MLS and sports trying to get kicked up back again, baseball and basketball, we're all about to get started. Let's first touch on some Purdue sports. You had just mentioned to me here before um, starting that we had not touched on one particular Student athlete who left Purdue. That was an addition to Matt Harmers. We did have a section in a past episode. Where we talked about Matt Harmers, but we had another senior
1: transfer. So, yeah, and it literally happened like right after we released that episode, like literally a few days later. The shocking news at the time that No Eastern was transferring. And then literally like a week later, he said he was committed to Michigan. So, I guess, comment on what we're actually losing because a lot of people are just ragging on him. Poor kid <laughs> um, doesn't really deserve that, but we're losing literally the best defender in the big Ten, one of the most versatile players in the big, 10. I mean, he guard four through one over like just lockdown defense, four through one. Obviously his biggest downside is he could not shoot the ball at all. So on the offensive end, you're playing four against five uh, most of the time. So it, it sucks in that aspect that he was going to be a leader this year and, uh, you know, help lead our team, hopefully, to a a Big Ten title. But he's transferring. Uh, At this moment in time, we have no idea where he's going. Obviously, the Michigan thing did not happen. I have no idea what was going on with that. Uh, There was uh, tweets and uh, a bunch of stuff about how Michigan never, never told him that they were interested, and he may have had conversations with Juwan Howard. I don't know. I have no idea what was going on with all that, but he is still out there. He is going to be playing next year. Somebody's going to want what he can bring to the table. He does bring a lot of good things to the table. But there's a lot of positives for Purdue at this point because we were getting the amount of talent that's on the bench that wasn't playing at all last season. The red shirts that could have absolutely, in my opinion, helped our team be a lot better than what it was. I think we're gonna we're gonna see. A lot of good play. This if we have a season this next season,
0: yeah, it really stinks losing Matt Harms and Nojel Eastern to I would thought you know definitely big Purdue guys. I mean the heart beats at the team at times.
1: Yeah, I mean, goodness.
0: And you know we can dissect all Nojel's game and how his offense was really bad. But of course he's one of the, he's probably the best on the ball defender in the Big Ten. And you know we can just we can go and dissect all those details. But I'm gonna just suggest one thing, and I know I'm kind of promoting another uh, radio person, but it is a must listen to when it comes to this subject. Dan Dockich interviewed Coach Matt Painter. So, I mean, I'm sure you can YouTube it. Go listen. It is a absolute must listen to because Dan Dockich just flat out asked Coach Matt Painter about the situation, both situations. Literally just asking what's happening. (laughs) And and Coach Matt Painter was very honest Uh, and straightforward. Um, So that's a must listen to. So I will suggest you to listen to that because there's a lot of good stuff especially if you're a purdue fan it was Um, a great interview (laughs) great interview and not super long and just straight to the point and boom 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 and so it stinks to lose them guys but i think we got some good (laughs) players coming in um, already being spoken highly of by existing teammates some of these freshmen that are going to be starting playing so i honestly think we're going to be fine we're going to gain more offense, I think, yeah. and then hopefully, you know, we're always a pretty good defensive squad, so that's I don't think that's really going to change. Yeah. I think we're going to be fine at Purdue basketball.
1: I, I believe so, too. I think the, the offensive uh, boost is so needed because <laughs> uh, there were so many games last season where it was just, I mean, it was old-time Big Ten basketball where, I mean, you're you, whoever makes it to 61st is the winner for our team anyway. So it'll be nice to have some shooters off the ball. Travion's going to be the focal point of the offense. I mean, he's going to be the guy next season, uh, and Eric Hunter's going to be the. I mean, he's going to have he he's going to have to step up. He's the guy that has to fill the void defensively and pick up offense. I mean, he's just going to have to.
0: Yeah, we're going to have more than two or three guys who are going to be able to shoot next year. Oh
1: yeah, and we're going to have a guy
0: who can create and do some individual stuff if needed too. So, but you know what? baseball season's a little bit far off. Mm-hmm. We could talk about that all the time, so we'll we'll probably get to that later. But football season is just upon us and the Big 10 just announced some really big news about a week ago that they are doing only conference football games yeah. this year. So, what are your thoughts? I it just kind of stinks as a Purdue fan because this year I felt like is going to be I mean, we had probably the best receiving core <laughs> Going into a season that maybe we've ever had at Purdue, I mean, you have Bell, Randall, Moore, I mean, Milton Wright, dude, studs on on the skill positions. The skill positions were so good, and could it led to something special? Maybe. It still might, dude. I know, but it's just, you know, I don't know what's going to happen if we're going to have conference games. And then I don't know how it's going to impact bowl. Are we even going to have, you know, it's like in some ways of thought, it's just trying to get through this year. And if you postpone it too much, these players aren't going to play. And I think I'm getting into a little bit more deeply here, but I, I think it's really, it's already impacting college athletics, the whole coronavirus yeah i mean schools are canceling sports left and right these smaller schools need the m- the money on these big when they play bigger schools to survive and many of them probably are going to be either hurting or, and who knows what's going to happen the whole landscape of college football literally could change because of this the big schools are going to be fine it's going to hurt them it's going to hurt them financially but you know they're the ones that have the big money so i'm sure they'll be fine but it's just it's just as far as a Purdue fan, because I think this year would have been really cool. And like I, said, like I said, we could stop sports, but a lot of people are lacking confidence right now because the coronavirus numbers are just going up and up and up. And the debate whether we even should be playing, because these are student-athletes we're talking about. So, what do you think? We're going to have football this year, and should we even be playing?
1: So, first, I called this forever ago that the Big Ten... At least, I think pro- most Power 5 conferences are going to go do this. They're only going to play conference games. I called this forever ago. It's not on record because we didn't do a podcast, but I called this. Just trust me. You did. Um, <laughs> you did. I will I will vouch for you. Um. So, and to me, that's just, if we're going to have a college, that's just how it's going to be. It may still yet get pushed back. I don't see us not having, in my opinion, I don't see us not having a college football season strictly because of the money. Same reason why we have MLS right now. Same reason why we're going to have MOB. They can't lose that re- like revenue. They can't do it. Um, it's the same thing with college sports. I mean, you already talked about it, all these schools that uh, are losing programs because because of all this. I mean, if, I forget what school. It was like Stanford or something that cut like 11 programs. I mean, That's a big and a wealthy and that's school. A, too. Yeah, that's yeah. a Power 5 school. Um, so... Yeah, it's going to happen one way or another. I don't know if fans are going to be in the stadiums. I mean, in the USL, they're allowing fans in the stadium, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. There's no reason for that. But Let's talk about that, actually, since
0: you brought up, because I was completely shocked when you showed me on your phone that the USL, which is a soccer league in the United States, is allowing fans with social distancing aspects in the stadiums. I feel like no one in the main media is talking about this. This was a shock to me and because obviously with all the major sports, at least are the ones that are going right now, they've been without fans, and that's been just like a given. And then right now we have live sports in the USL getting their season just started with you know limited crowds, but they're there with yeah. masks on, yep. cheering, and it was just kind of like, whoa, it just seemed kind of rogue
1: <laughs> yeah. to me, but yeah. like they're doing it, and no one's yeah. talking about it. So, like, Indy just had their home opener, and so for people who don't know what they bring, last year's home opener brought 22,000 people in the stadium, which is a pretty large number for second division soccer. This year, there were, you know, before all this happened, that was the, I mean, it was going to be over 20,000 people there. They average, on an average attendance uh, for Indy, it's about 10,000, which, again, is is not a bad for second division soccer. And they had, I think they said they had uh, just under 5,000 there for the game. Um, which is really interesting. They play in Lucas Oil, so obviously it's a, you know people can spread out in, <laughs> in, in Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, that shouldn't be a problem for them. but even like even these other stadiums like St. Louis just had a game today and their brand new stadium it holds anywhere from 10 to 15,000 something like that. And there was quite a few people there. I'm, by the way, side comment,
0: dope looking Stadium.
1: Yeah, no, that's Indy needs to get on it right now with the stadiums. But yeah, uh it's it's interesting. I think it's a little bit rushed as far as people in the stadiums. I understand why again, it's the financial part of it, why it needs to happen cuz these especially in second division soccer, that's part like that's a big part of the income that comes in. It's not just sponsors, it's also the ticket sales is a big part in uh concession stand sales all that stuff's really big um for them and my hope is that you know really we as americans because
0: our country the coronavirus cases are soaring while a lot of countries are (laughs) declining um well
1: that's because we're testing jared
0: well (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) um but you know if we were just you know i feel like we this is what we're being told fall protocol wear a mask you know, do what we've talked about this before in our past episode when we talk yeah. about coronavirus, you know. Yeah. Just try to do what we can do to control what we we can control and you know, trust God with the rest. That's my philosophy. I think we can, you know, maybe have fans in the stands, you know, at some point. And, you know, we want sports and we want, you know, see it all, but we gotta be able to kind of do our part because right now it's not good when it comes to just cases. There's just a lot of you know, yeah. cases up and over, you know you look over in um England i'm a Fulham fan and uh, i think some graph i saw you know on social media which you gotta know on social media but like it's like over there it's you know declining you know when it comes to this type of stuff but yeah you know, we'll see we'll see what happens but i was shocked when i saw there were fans and they're yeah. not playing with fans over there
1: in England but they're no. traveling around but they're not no they're not literally literally the. us that's the first time i've seen fans at any sporting event anywhere around the like anywhere around the world England's not doing that. Spain isn't doing that. Italy's not doing that. No, nobody's doing that. So I just, I think it's way too early for that. And I don't, I as far as college football, because there are talks about letting in, you know, 40% of the stadium. I just think that's a little bit reckless. <laughs> Again, I understand, like, there's a, that's a lot of revenue that they're just, like, not throwing, you know, they're thrown away. And I
0: said to you the other day when you and Dad were were here, I mean, you tell fans to come in stadiums, they're going to come in stadiums. So you almost, you know what I mean? It's kind of like this whole, like, you, know, you almost have to watch out because people are just going to do it. You know what I mean? So hopefully you can do what you're told to do because people are <laughs> yeah. going to do it. The moment you open, you're going to have thousands of people in these stadiums because we all want to You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. I know the Jaguars, they're planning on doing a, you know, a portion of the stadium. That's their plans going forward. Yeah. But we'll you know we'll see by the time NFL starts we we'll have a better
1: idea of what's going on. So it'll be yeah. interesting. And they can plan all they want to. Um I think those plans will change. I I think and it'll very well could. I just don't see it happening not yet. Not yet. But not yet. Not yet. Not yet. That was a gladiator reference if anyone um
0: knows. Good movie. Uh it is a good movie. All right, let's go ahead and transition stay in the same sport and talk MLS is back. So just like you guys who are listening love sports, I'm wanting to watch live sports. Now, how are we going to do this? Well, MLS just started a play-in, you know, tournament getting back on the road again, so to speak, cuz they already have started their season before coronavirus hit, like a, c- a couple games in. And MLS is back is taking place in Orlando, Florida, one of the biggest hot yeah, spots right now, the spot NBA is. is there too and you know, um all this cr- stuff, but a lot of stuff's already happened here in this first week of this oh, tournament. Goodness, two yeah. teams have already been sent home. A lot, yeah. you know, some of you might not be big soccer fans, so you might not know, but
1: two major league soccer squads were sent home because a lot of yeah, coronavirus. They, well, they testing. weren't even sent home; they were just told not to come. I mean, what? One team was sent home. One team was sent home. The other one was just said, "Just don't, don't even, don't." <laughs> you have so <laughs> many kids. So. As of right now, it's still going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit of a scare earlier yes, today. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, But as of right now, everything's going. In fact, their game's going on right now. Yeah. But I really like what MLS did here. They created a World Cup-style tournament to try to get the season back rolling again. So there are several different groups with a certain number of teams on them. So if you're a soccer fan and know what World Cup is, you'll you know what I mean. You know, top couple teams will be able to advance into the the next round. You play each team in your your group one time, so it's pressure to really win and win early because you you know could be sent home. They put a Concacaf Champions League spot on the line for this tournament, which is pretty sweet because that Concacaf Champions League tournament is canceled this year. Yeah. So it's nice to have something like that spot on the line. That's kind of a big deal. That is a big um, deal for, for soccer. For now. soccer, so. That's something to play for. They also got like a million-dollar prize. Um, that's a really money. big deal. So that's a big deal, that's especially with the coronavirus. The, like, well, Every team's
1: going to need their money. Also, MLS does not – they do not shell out that type of, type of money for tournaments. U.S. Open Cup was the biggest domestic cup in the United States. They don't get anywhere near that type of money. So this is a big step for MLS in particular as far as the cash prize.
0: Yeah, and obviously that's important for a club Right, oh, a huge. For, for a I club, mean, just think yes. with everything the money they're probably losing from not having have fans in the stand. Like, there's so much stuff.
1: So that money is important. Yeah, and so and I believe players get bonuses too. So yeah, for and as a player, so, I mean, that's, you're like that's big time as well. Yeah, I want to yeah, yeah, I want to win. Yeah. get win.
0: So there's a lot on the line for this MLS's back tournament. With that being said, we have to talk about FC Cincinnati. I'm an FC Cincinnati fan. So as the soccer season continues hopefully continues now we will be talking about FC Cincinnati and there's so much to talk about because so much has happened this offseason yeah uh, last night they played Columbus hell is real the the rival match always fun to watch yeah those matches but I went to Limper Stadium last year to watch the Columbus crew and FC Cincinnati games so much fun in that rival atmosphere but yeah we played them last last night it was an absolute, total
1: embarrassment.
0: Four <laughs> nil, we lost, and I think there's a lot of reasons that you know we can get into on the reasons why. You have to understand again if you're not a soccer fan, FC Cincinnati was the worst team in MLS last year, and by the looks of things, after watching this game tonight, it's like yeah, nothing's changed. But there's a lot of reasons for that, and I kind of want to break down why. One. FC Cincinnati has gone through coaches like a buffet. <laughs> like yes. like we we, we you well, can't I think f-
1: within two two seasons you have had three different coaches, four different coaches.
0: Yes, and and you can't build a culture when that's happening. And soccer's a sport in general. There's you know, if you don't win, you're it's kind of big turnover. <laughs> but yeah. as a new franchise, and believe me, there's things in our culture that need to change. So currently our new coach... I uh, used to play overseas, played in uh, Manchester United.
1: Played it for the a Dutch diff- national team.
0: So this guy, has got some experience as far as a player. So he's an ex-player. And this was his first coaching live experience with the team. Also keep in mind, he had just gotten t- to coach with the team a few weeks prior. Like he yeah. just got, you know, literally just got hired not too long ago. And then with COVID everything, eventually got to be able to come over to the States and like work with a guy. So this is extremely new. Not only that FC Cincinnati spent some money last off season to make the team better, which I am excited about. If you're an FC Cincinnati fan, you should be excited about that, that they were willing to spend money because they did that being said, none of our guys have had time to play with one another. We were talking earlier in a similar sense, there's something special and we've seen it with Purdue, right? With basketball, like defense. When everyone's gelled, moving and synchronized, it's a beautiful thing it, to it watch. Is, it's, 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 it's like poetry symphony. In motion. It is amazing <laughs> and it's effective. Yeah. And there's a culture built in Purdue, and not only that, but there's players who know each other. There's camaraderie. They know what each other's strength. Like I'm telling you, they they, they move in one and it's amazing when the that chemistry happens. is absolutely chemistry. There. And that's we don't have anything like that in FC Cincinnati. All new players, we haven't been able to practice with each other, COVID, all this stuff, and it was extremely evident when we played Columbus last night. The culture part that needs to change is this mindset of losing, really. And FC Cincinnati has had a history since I've become a fan. I'm a fairly new fan. I'm a couple years When they came to MLS, I started following them, is they do not have a very strong mental strength. Yeah. What I mean by that is countless times in the past. Not on like we can't sc- if we score and took a lead, literally a few minutes later the other team is tied up. Like we couldn't handle having a lead. Then many times last year, we would get behind and it just deflation. Like like again, it's just this I- idea of like dude, we're done. Like
1: we can't do this. Yeah. It's the kind of when you lose a lot, you start, you know, your mental toughness gets tested. It's funny because you kind of get the, yeah, it does. You kind of get this mentality of we're playing, the team is playing not to lose, right? Instead of playing to win. And it was pretty evident after the first 15 minutes, this team was playing not to lose. You could just see it and just all their faces when that first 10 minutes didn't go according to plan. And let me say this. The first 10 minutes actually looked hopeful. It did. Like we it actually looked, built yeah. up
0: play. We, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, we actually have improved after the, t- the
1: 10 minute mark. But what's funny about that is that's how the team was last year too. I mean, they just looked good for 15 minutes and then all of a sudden, like everything fell apart. And this
0: is where the coach, which I hopefully he's here for a long time, because I feel like when it comes to culture, that's a coaching thing. And that's tough. That's tough to either create, Or to change a culture if you're a coach going into a system. Because usually that takes time. And the successful programs, like you think about college and like, you know, they have cultures. And one of the things that's going to have to change in Cincinnati is the mental toughness. Is this, we can't expect to lose, but also just kind of this giving up. (laughs) When something bad happens, it's like, oh snap, like we're done. Like that's the kind of felt like the mentality it has been. With FC Cincinnati, and as fans, it's easy to get in that because oh, another team lose and all that. Like those athletes, you just can't do that. And the body language said it all last night. You mentioned it. It was the third goal, I think. It was the third goal, yeah. I mean, everyone's arms went up, and it was just like dude, I'm was, telling you, it, it was, was bad. Actually,
1: it was it was like a video game. It Literally, was, <laughs> all ten players, all eleven players on the pitch, just put their hands up, and just it was it was ridiculous.
0: And it, I think there was frustration with the new guys who are new on the squad. We I mean, have a lot of new guys. There was frustration like, we're getting our butts whipped and they're mad about it. But then you had the existing guys yeah. who are walking
1: back like, oh crap, here we go again. The players that they've brought in do not come from losing <laughs> teams. Like this, These are quality players. CM came from Ajax, which is like, one, especially right now, one of the tippy top teams in all of European football. They're just an incredible team. They have a system they play They and they're just an incredible team. Really well coached. Really great team. So he comes from that team. He's an older player from that team. Came over here to get more playing time. And then he comes to that. That's his first game he played. That's the first game he, and that's what he comes to. You could just see on his face, just all the gears are turning in his head. Is like, what in the world did I just do? We'll see what happens. And honestly, out of all the players, I, want, I wanted to see what he could bring to the table.
0: And again, this is the first
1: game. Again, there's a lot we we want to see just improvement as the year goes on,
0: because the the encouraging thing is is that we spent money, and I I know that's that's a big deal because some franchises don't, and we spent a lot of money. And I will mention another thing in regards to the last night's game. We had th- four players not play. The three of those players were very intricate part players on our team, so we are most
1: expensive signing that we've ever had, and was like, I think the second biggest. Uh, signing of this past season uh, for all of MLS, that's kind of crazy. And FC that was the one who bought. It's kind of crazy. Yeah.
0: And um, his name is um, Locadia, and he is got hurt, so he's not you know, going to be playing probably in this tournament. So that's a big loss. We had a starting center back who didn't play, and then we had a really good like bench player who's good at creative and jowl who didn't play. I mean, another player who's kind of you know, a bench player. Bench player um, Jimmy.
1: Jimmy. Um, the, and, uh, that didn't make much of a difference in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <but> <laughs> um, we love Jimmy, but, uh, you know. Hey, he has a good work, hard work out from what I've told. It's pretty, you know, well, we You got to have an OG. You, know you got to have an OG of maybe, FC Cincinnati. Maybe they needed the that though. Because yeah, I maybe, can tell you right now, honest. there was no, there was one player out yeah, there. Frankie Amaya was, was the only one out there. But Saint you know Frankie.
0: what? We could just talk all night. I'm just saying, There's a lot of work to be done in FC Cincinnati. My hope is that we will get better. I hope the season to get canceled because like you said, this is going to carry over to another year because we don't have time to play with one another. So I hope the season can continue. My hope is we'll get better. I think we will. My only other concerns watching that game was we looked slow, out of shape. So I hope that was just more of the fit because they haven't played in a while. So I'm going to keep my eye on that as I continue watching the season because Columbus is dribbling right past us. Like was, I'm telling you, last night's game is so it was really embarrassing to watch and it stunk because it was on national TV and it was against a rival. But you know what? I've been a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been a I've been a bit so many fans like the Pistons that have, you know, been rough
1: years in the franchise. So I, my hope is that we will use those times to grow from it and we'll get better. And here's the thing, I think as a positive note for Cincinnati, I think there are good pieces in place. I think the coach is a great start. He has a really good pedigree as far as coaching goes, uh, coached at Freynoord in the Netherlands, which is a very, very good team, competes for the top of that league pretty much every year. So I think that's a great start. I think C M De Jong is a good piece. Lacadia, obviously, when he gets back and can play, that's a great piece. The, the most just craziest thing is that uh, Garza, Greg Garza, had a terrible, maybe it was just a one-game thing, it just had a terrible game, but that was, he just didn't look like he belonged out there at all, which is really bad, because literally three years ago, he was probably the best left back in MLS. I mean, played for the U.S. national team. Like He was, until his injury, he was one that that U.S. was really looking for, Mm -hmm. and then he got injured.
0: Again, we'll see, because you have injuries, we're coming back from, and you have the fact that, Let's just face it. We've had a new start season with a big break, a lot of things happening. So all that could play in their yeah. stamina. So, but we'll see. We're gonna see as the season goes on.
1: And also give Columbus a lot of credit. They have a yeah. really good team. Uh, it's hard. Good it's team. hard
0: for FC Cincinnati fans to say that, but let's just be real. They were so much better than us. I mean, they're so much better, and they oh, showed yeah. it. They play. They've been around longer. Obviously, yeah. I mean, their new signing just
1: dominated the game from the start. Oh man, I mean, it that was, free kick was just balling. It was kind of like watching uh, Giovinco back back in the day. Giovinco for Toronto was just awesome to watch. That was kind of similar. <laughs> yeah. All
0: I know is new game for FC Cincinnati coming up. They will be playing Atlanta United in their next match in their group stage of the MLS's back tournament. They will be playing on Thursday in the 9 a.m. slot against Atlanta. So their future in the group stage will
1: know for certainty after that game what's in store yeah i think the hope is just to have a better go of it than that previous game i mean defensively has got you just have to just show improvement that's that's really what you want yeah. right now the
0: other people i didn't really break down the groups but in our group we have the new york red bulls and atlanta united fc cincinnati and columbus crew so new york red bulls beat Atlanta in the first game that day. So that's our group. Overall, if you're a soccer fan, I'm just loving the MLS, the the, the formatting of the MLS back tournament. There's some rival teams that are in the groups and it's just going to be fun to watch as long as it stays on TV. <laughs> it's going to be fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. All right. Before we leave you, we have one more segment to get into and that is our and one moment of the week. That's coming up next here on Two Brothers and a Mic. We're back on Two Brothers in a Mic. It's been a really long time, but it's been fun to be in the new studio, turn the mics on with Nathan South. and Mackie South, <laughs> and to do another episode of Two Brothers in a Mic podcast. So we are here. This is our last segment of this episode. It's called our And One Moment of the Week. If you're a first-time listener, what this is, is a segment we do every episode where we take one thing that's happened in our lives. It can be sports-related. It doesn't have to be sports-related. It can be really about anything. It could be about anyone. It could just be something funny, something encouraging. If you just want to highlight something, it could be anything. And that's our and one moment of the week. So I'm going to go ahead and go first. I'm going to make myself the and one moment of the week. Yeah, I know. The reason why I'm picking myself, not because I'm super arrogant, prideful, which I guess I'll, I do need to work on the prideful thing. But um, not because I'm just so whatever. It's all, but it's because I took a step of growth. In the area, I took a step of growth in. You could also say gives me a little extra legitimacy in my man card. I grilled out on a grill for the first time on the July 4th weekend. I did burgers and hot dogs. And all I have to say is classic, classic. it was a success. I bought a grill and for a good deal. And I used it on the 4th of July weekend was now for the, it was really the first time that I have really made a big effort to grill. So that being said, I do want to further experiment. I want some barbecue chicken in the future? Maybe get some steaks at some point. Now you're getting kind of fancy there and take some good skill on the grill for that type of stuff. But
1: yeah, that's just that's Jared. Jared, right now you're at like okay, level you know, two. Yeah. All right, you know what? And I'm
0: gonna just celebrate at me being at level two. Hey, you okay? know what?
1: But that's good. just
0: thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so my and one moment of the week was my ability to step out of a comfort zone, try something new, and grill. Thank you very much. What a July fourth that was.
1: Just amazing.
0: It really was a great July fourth week, and mom and dad came over, I made I grilled out and had a good time.
1: It was, it was good. All right. So I'm following your lead, Jared. Here. I am my own and one <laughs> moment of the week this week. I thought I was gonna be really clever by doing that, and then you had to just Hey guys, there's been a lot happening since our last podcast episode, so we're talking about ourselves. <laughs> And mine is totally because I'm arrogant. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So mine is, so if you don't know, we had a vacation recently. And one of our friends came down and we had a blast. Go check it out on Jared's Facebook and wherever it all says things on his Instagram or something. He has videos. Go watch them. They're great. Um, Shameless plug for you, Jared. There you go. You're welcome. Um, So every year, it's just kind of a pretty nutrition. So it's really been this year, last year. We have a mini golf tournament. Last year, the victor was yours truly. Thank you. That took place in South Carolina. South Carolina. Let me just tell you too, I am not good at mini golf. So that just makes it even more embarrassing for Jared and Jordan that they lost to me. But this year, since we had to stay home, we went to our local mini golf place, which is fine. (laughs) It had water, so that's an upgrade. Um, and it came down to the very last hole, and you can watch this live <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook. It was Facebook Live. But it's still there, I believe. And you just see me bury, bury it. Just I was up by a stroke, at end against the game. Me. Just against it just, me, literally just a, just. Ooh, it was sweet. It, it kind of bug, bugs, bunnied. It, it didn't look like it was anywhere near the hole, and it kind of just rolled in. Um, so that's my N one moment of the week. I got, I retained. We have a trophy. We legitimately have a trophy for this, and it's staying here. Thank you. Um, that's my N one moment of the week.
0: Yes, we have a traveling trophy for a one time a year putt putt tournament between three guys. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. You didn't even mention you did. It was a hole in one. Oh yeah, it was hole in one. I, I mean, just buried you, it. You buried it like I was down by one stroke, so I had to gain a stroke to at least tie or two to win. And you buried a hole in one.
1: Like if we put this into other sports terms, this is I was. Well, yeah, I changed history. All right, this is what happened. <laughs> all right, I was Gordon Hayward in the championship. Oh. Jared's Duke. The entire <laughs> team. I'm just Gordon Hayward. Jared's the entire team of Duke, and I pull up from half court and I change history. And that ball banks in, and that that's basically what happened. I mean, that's basically what happened. Thank you. Thank you.
0: well done. Well done. <laughs> you have been listening to Two Brothers and a Mike podcast. Great to be with you. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on our Facebook page that's you know at Two Brothers and a Mike. You can also follow us on Twitter and again, Nate, good to do this episode with
1: you. yeah, dude. It was fun. We need to do uh, more.
0: Until (laughs) next time, we appreciate you all very much for listening. It has been two brothers and a mic. Grace and peace. Boiler up, hammer down.